0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're at. We're going to take a quick trip down the news to Jake. I don't need any more intro than that. That's all it is. Uh, Okay, so regarding going crazy. All right. Now, hold on. Let me get back to me. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and I was like, you know what? I want to create this website or an app for your phone that goes out and searches when trans athletes are going to compete. So you get a heads up ahead of time, and we can place wagers on these athletes to disseminate women and just kick, the, kick them right in the cut. And uh, I think it's a great idea. I think there's money to be made off of this. And if I would have had this app going already, I, we could have won big. We could have won big. And I've got the name for the app. This isn't my idea. And I'm pretty sure the person that came up with the idea doesn't want me to mention their name on this particular show. Uh, But the name of the app that I'm going to create is going to be called Transaction. The Trans Sport Betting Guide of the Future. Sounds great, right? All right, let's get to this. Okay, once again, outrageous transgender cyclist wins elite tour and $50,000. Fifty thousand. Okay, okay, okay. Does anybody have a problem of single mom cyclists that are out there trying to compete to earn money to support their families, and they just lost out on fifty thousand dollars to a cyclist with a dick? It seems a little unfair to me. Fifty thousand prize. Holy, holy crap! Holy crap! Anyways, insane outrage. Transgender cyclist wins elite tour. The transgender cyclist Austin Killips has finished in first place in the women's category in the Tour of the Gia. Killips broke free from the pack late in the final stage of the tour in New Mexico. Slow motion cam footage, you can actually see his balls um, just just rotating back and forth as he pedals so fiercely to to, to just demolish these women. Anyways, he broke free from the pack, clocking in at 3 hours, 7 minutes, and 16 seconds in a time that saw her... Take the top spot on the podium ahead of Marcela Prito and Cassandra Nelson by a margin of 89 seconds. 89 seconds. The elite level road race came with whopping prize money of $52,000 for first place. Uh, the 27-year-old was fully sanctioned to compete in the event under the rules set by cycling's governing body, UCI. Oh, here we go. We've got a nice picture. Uh, okay, guess which one's the tranny? No, it's not that one. It's not that one. Yeah, there we go. It's that one. Huh. Huh. So, former world champion cyclist Allison Sidor tweeted The current UCI rules that allow males to compete in female cycling events are not fair to female athletes. And I happen to agree with Allison that that is just not fucking fair. It's not. It's not. $50,000 that could have supported a woman, a natural born woman. And we're just going to just kick it out to the curb and give 52 grand to the cyclist with the dick that smoked these girls by 89 seconds. It's sad. How does this happen? How does this happen? Well, if we don't do something about it, this is going to be the norm. So, uh, you know, and, and you know who needs to stand up against this is the women in sports. I think uh, any woman in sports, when they show up to a competition and there's a male competing against them, um, they need to not they need to not participate. Um, this has happened a few times. I don't have it in front of me, but it's happened a few times where women athletes actually stood up and protested racing against male athletes. And guess what? The, the promoters of the event or whoever was in charge of the event changed things around to allow them to compete in a fair manner. And I think that needs to happen. It needs to happen across the board. I think women need to stand up for women's rights. Uh, especially in women's athletic sports, and they do not need to compete in unfair events where they're competing against biological males. Women, stand up. We will support you 100%. Uh, it's better to take the hit now and have a few races shut down where no prize money is given out to anybody uh, to then to sit back and let this go in the long run where you're completely dominated in your professional sports by males, by transgender males. Uh, you need to stand up for yourself now. You know, There's no shame in that and and i think it's it's like one of these things where the um, you know the whole uh, societal pressures well it's not it's not all society but it's the pressures that they see in the media the pressure from transgender athlete activists etc um they don't want to be caught in that battle they don't want to seem like they're anti trans and all that other kind of stuff that comes with standing up and not competing against biological males in your sport but believe me There's a whole lot of people out there that are not screaming on the internet that support you and your decisions to not compete against biological men. And that's just the end of the story. Well, in the ever going saga, that is the uh, Hunter Biden uh, fiasco, fiasco with his uh, baby's mama. I believe her name is London and biological daughter, uh, Navy, Navy. Well, some details are coming to light uh, because they've been in front of a judge. And it says here that the embattled first son, Hunter Biden, reveals in court documents that he's paying the ex-stripper London $20,000 per month for love child as he is fighting to reduce his payments. Does 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 Hunter Biden even have a job? I mean, where's all this money coming from? Nobody, nobody even questions that, huh? Hunter Biden has been paying the former stripper he got pregnant $20,000 per month in child support after a paternity test proved he was the father of their secret love child. Uh, that's according to RadarOnline.com. President Joe Biden's problematic son shares four-year-old daughter Navy with a once fling, London Roberts, who is 32 years old. Hunter arrived at an Arkansas courtroom on Monday in his battle to get the monthly amount lowered. During the hearing, Hunter's attorney Abe Lowell revealed the embattlement. The embattled first son has been shelling out $20,000 a month to support Navy, whom he's never met. And his attorney also argued that Hunter has already paid London $750,000 in child support since discovering the little girl was biologically his. Before the court hearing, the public did not know the previously undisclosed. Talking about a gold mine. Talking about a gold mine. This girl right here, London, stripper, lots of gold around the neck. She looks like she'd probably be a high-end stripper. Uh, I wonder if she's still stripping since she's on the uh, on the Hunter Biden sucking uh, his uh, 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 child support dick uh, for $20,000 a month. Hmm. According to the New York Post, the hearing lasted two hours and Hunter was grilled about his finances, his investments, art sales and other financial transactions. No word, though. No word in here about any uh, subsidiary income coming in from the Chinese government. Uh, But maybe that will come up in the case. Maybe we hold our breath. uh, Maybe that will come up in the case. But Hunter Biden, twenty thousand dollars a month. Got the daughter Navy. You know, this looks like London, the mom. She's, she's kind of cute. She's kind of cute. Maybe he should just marry her, you know. Um, isn't it like cheaper to keep her than to pay $20,000 a month of child support? Who knows? But that's what's going on with Mr. London, uh, Mr. Hunter Biden and his baby mama, London. $20,000 a month. Man, he must make a lot of money. He must make a lot of money to be enforced with $20,000 a month. I wonder how many details we're going to get about him and his pops, the big guys, the big guys' income and uh, their ties with China and stuff like that. Who knows? Who knows?
1: the money, says Pamela Garfield-Jager, a licensed clinical social
0: worker in California. Yeah,
1: I believe money is one of the big motivators behind all of this. There is a lot of money to be made, especially if you get this child hooked on puberty blockers before puberty, because then you have created a lifelong patient. Surrounding the whole insurance and payments, things like that, going to the other places that we have and inquiring about this, we understand that not all insurance companies cover this. Um, but you know, we are more than prepared to pay out of pocket at this point. Um, you know, we are not, I mean, maybe, I mean, you know, when you're talking about $10,000 up
0: to $10,000 a shot, that's a a lot of money.
1: Understood. And is that kind of the 10,000 per shot? Is that kind of just across the board for all most, uh, transgender healthcare services? No, no, no. Once you're on, once you're on cross gender hormones, testosterone, for
0: example, you know, then you're looking at like forty to fifty dollars a month. The one stop shopping approach for hormones and pubi- all right, blockers. all right, let's stop this real quick. Um, yeah. Now we want now. Okay, there's the answer to why the such the big push, such the big push. Talking about with children who are getting shots for homo- hormone blockers, ten thousand dollars a shot. Hmm. Does this sound like big business to you? Does this sound like big pharma is getting their fingers in there and trying to make a whole lot of money on your little transgender kids? Unbelievable. Of course, the maintaining of testosterone, I let it play to even to show those numbers. Those aren't that high $40, $50 a month, which is nothing uh, significant, but $10,000 up to $10,000 for hormone blocking shots. You know, isn't isn't that the isn't that the goal of big pharma to create these lifelong patients? To create a a society where they have to rely on your products? You know, that big pharma, they're not interested in curing any disease whatsoever. They're interested in uh prescribing you things to maintain. You know, there's the incentive, there's an incentive here for transgender children, $10,000 a shot. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I'm not saying it should be cheaper, but I'm saying that there's a money motivator behind this. Definitely a money motivator. Now, I'm going to let this play a little bit more, uh, just because this one girl that went through the whole sex change uh, procedure before, and she's kind of been outspoken about this, and they're going to play a little clip from here, so let's let this roll. Accompanied by surgery haunts 25-year-old Persia Mosley.
1: Anyone who says that you can change your sex is lying to you. It will never happen. You will be chasing constant drugs and surgeries for the rest of your life, attempting this fallacy, but it will never happen.
0: Boom. That's it. It'll never happen. And that's somebody that speaks from experience. I'm not too sure of the situation there. It looks a little fucked up, but whatever. Whatever. That's her opinion. Uh, She's been through it. I believe she's transitioned back to her biological sex, which was uh, uh, female. So, anyways, there's an interesting story of two teachers that are suing the district saying that their religion, let's get God into this, that their religion requires them to out-trans kids to their parents. Okay, let's see what's going on with this. Two teachers at a California middle school are suing their school district because they are required to use transgender students' pronouns without telling the students' parents under a district policy to protect the students' privacy. The policy also forces plaintiff Elizabeth and others like her to violate faith. Now, I'm not too sure which Bible they're reading where it says, um, uh, Folks, uh, thus saith the Lord... If thy childeth is borneth with a vagineth, and that gen- vagineth needs to be surgically transformed into a peneth, you must you musteth informeth the parenteth. I'm not too sure where biblically that comes into play. Um, so anyways, these teachers are claiming that um, they have constitutional rights that are being violated by this policy, which is forcing teachers to lie and participate in deception. Oh, that's the biblical basis right there, that they're not, they shouldn't lie and participate in deception. Escondido Union School District Policy follows California state guidelines that say trans students' identities should be kept private unless the student gives consent or when necessary to protect a student's physical or mental well-being. Federal and state law bans discrimination based on gender identity in education. Outing a trans junior student to their parents can lead to abuse and even homelessness for the child. State education officials note, but Rincon Middle School teachers Elizabeth and Lori say that their religious freedom is more important than student safety. This case is about the right to speak freely, the right to exercise my own religious beliefs, according to one of the teachers, Elizabeth. She has two transgender students. They came in with one name and one preference. And then midway through the year, because a lot of this transgenderism is a, just a complete fad, mid-year, that information was changed in the school records without the parents' consent. This is Elizabeth's complaint. In the lawsuit, Elizabeth and Lori say that it's their sincerely held religious belief that God made people innately and permanently male or female. Their lawsuit calls the trans student gender-confused children. Parents should not be left out of their child's school life. What parent would want that? I don't think any parent would want that. And, that you know, that's the big debate that constantly gets happening, that constantly keeps appearing is uh, the ability of parents to even be a- acknowledged or informed of what their children are doing in the public school system. Uh, it's scary, 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 and I believe in parent rights. I believe parents have a better idea of what's best for their children. I don't believe that should be dictated by the government uh, by, in any manner, and I think a lot of you out there, too, do, too. Okay, you're going to hear a lot of talk today about Tucker Carlson making a racist remark, and I just want to make sure... That if you're listening to what Tucker had to say, you see what he said in its entirety. So I'm going to read it word for word. So um, this is the tweet or this is the text message that came up in the um, the uh, uh, you, know, you know the court case about the voting machines. I forget what it's called Dominion. Dominion. Um, and here's the message that came up in that case that's being released and it's being blasted all over the place as a racist messages. Uh, and there's other, other people that are suing Tucker right now about the whole culture of the Tucker Carlson show and how it was a uh, basically a, 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 a broville bro, bro, whatever, bro, something. Anyways, the, the, I'm not going to get into that, but let's just focus on what he actually said. And I'm going to read it word for word a couple of weeks ago. Now, this is from Tucker to a producer on the show. A couple of weeks ago, I was watching a video of people fighting on the street in Washington. This is what Carlson texted a producer. A group of Trump guys surrounded an Antifa kid and started pounding the living shit out of him. It was three against one, at least. Jumping a guy like that is dishonorable, obviously. It's not how white men fight. Yet suddenly I found myself rooting for the mob against the man, hoping they'd hit him hard or kill him. I really wanted them to hurt the kid. I could taste it. Then... Somewhere deep inside my brain, an alarm went off. This isn't good for me. I'm becoming something I don't want to be. The Antifa creep is a human being, much as I despise what he says and does, much as I'm sure I'd hate him personally if I knew him. I shouldn't gloat over his suffering. I should be bothered by it. I should remember that somewhere somebody probably loves this kid and we would be crushed if he was killed. If I don't care about those things, if I reduce people to their politics, how am I better than he is? All right. So the question in here. So that's the that's the message in its entirety, which I don't think is going to get played in the media too much. You know, they're going to they're going to scam over that and they're going to focus on this one thing that he said. And that is um, it, it, it's not how white men fight. It's not how white men fight. Uh, if he would have left that line out of there, it would have been uh, um, non-controversial. If you would have read the message in its entirety, um, how he was rooting—I uh, I mean, what he's saying. This bottom, this bottom paragraph of what he said, and I'm going to read it one more time—is is a very powerful statement, especially when it comes to the to the 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 bipolitics that we have in this country and the ultimate fanboy that people do of rooting for their political party. And uh, death to the other side, this complete division that we have in the country. But what he said here is very poignant. Then somewhere deep in my brain, an alarm went off. This isn't good for me. I'm becoming something I don't want to be. The Antifa creep is a human being. Much as I despise what he says and does, much as I'm sure I'd hate him personally if I knew him, I shouldn't gloat over his suffering. I should be bothered by it. I should remember that somewhere somebody probably loves this kid and would be crushed if he was killed. If I don't care about those things, if I reduce people to their politics, how am I better than he is? And I think that is something that we have in the society right now is where conservatives, liberals, uh, we look at each other and we stop treating them human and we do reduce people to their politics and that is not a healthy way to look at our fellow, fellow mankind. But that's the the Tucker tweet in its entirety. So you heard it, heard it here. If you don't hear it anywhere else and all you're going to hear is just that one line, that's not how white men fight. Is that fireable? Is that, you know, you know, I, I mean, the, 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 the saying, it's not how white men fight. It's a derogatory statement because it's saying it's it's a it's a elevating the elitist of the white by saying that, oh, you know, we we fight like gentlemen. We're not like the It implies a lot. He didn't he didn't say it, but it implies a lot. It implies that white men fight fairly and other races of men do not. OK, that's the problem. That's the problem with what he said. Do I think it's a fireable offense? I, I think it's a stupid thing to say. That's not how white men fight. I mean, obviously, you've never been around meth heads. Uh, meth heads will fight with, uh, by any means, dirty as they can be. You know what I mean? Uh, white trash. I mean, there's, there's, it's, uh, fighting is not a color based thing. And for Tucker to make it a color based thing was kind of, in my opinion, inappropriate. Was it fire worthy? I don't think so. I think he just fucking wasn't thinking about what he was saying. Um, but it does portray him as a, some type of a fucking white elite, elitist by making that statement in that context. It's not how white men fight. So it's not, it is, it is what it is. Do I think Tucker's a racist? No. Do I think that this came across wrong? And in today's climate, you got to watch what you say. He, uh, he was, he was messaging in private to his producer. Didn't he never expected these texts to come out in public? So what is it behind the curtains? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I think there's worse things he could have said. Definitely, I think there's worse things you could said, um, but that's the controversy. And I'm I'm fully expecting more of these messages to kind of leak out uh, during this whole uh, blow-up over Tucker Carlson. I think that more things are going to come out, and uh, I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. That's just my opinion. That's just my idea of what could happen. On to the next story. Oh, so well, hold on. While we're still on that, uh, let's listen to what Steven Crowder had to say about this whole thing. I haven't even heard this yet. Let's see what Steven Crowder was saying about this whole Tucker Carlson, uh, not how white men fight in this whole situation right now. Let's take a listen. But a lot of Christians are afraid. They're going, oh, any mistake that I've ever made is going to come back and people will say, you're not a Christian because everyone else's sin is worse than your own, right? It's so easy to say, I can't believe that Tucker said that. And frankly, none of it was even that bad. I'm sure there will be worse things. That's what they do. They drip this out. But people don't want to examine what it is that they do. You want to tell me that you've never said something as bad as Tucker Carlson in text? The worst thing he said was, you know, this typically isn't the way that white people fight. Meaning, gang up. Look, of course, not all black people, but we discussed World Star Hip Hop. It exists for a reason. But a lot of Christians are afraid they're going. All to All right, any that's mistake it. That's all that we got in the clip. Let me because stop this. All right, all right, all right. Uh, so he didn't say. He kind of. Well, I guess we're kind of in the same mindset on this, uh, thinking that it's not horribly bad. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is a lot worse than. Uh, no, nah, I don't think so. I'm not wrong. I'm going to stick to my convictions on this. I don't think it's horribly bad, but it's just not great. Okay. Um, you know what? Black, uh, black California. Let me see if I can find the story real quick. That's not it. Uh, California uh, have assigned a whole committee to look on these black rep- reparations. And they're kind of narrowing it down to, oh, and I just deleted one of my stories. It's probably the story I'm looking for. Uh, hold on. Hold on. huh? Okay. Here it is. Black Californians could receive up to $1.2 million in reparations, uh, Payment Task Force says. Now, this is a story that we've thought has been just like this is a, this is a fringe story. It's not really going to happen. But I'll tell you what, they are making in, inroads into this actually happen happening. Uh, but it's going to have some pretty heavy-duty restrictions. And if you're under 71 years of age, I believe... Uh, that's not the plan that they're kind of pushing across. It's going to it's only going to so it, 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 if if you want to uh, get get the lottery uh, young white women, what you need to be looking for right now, young women in general, you need to be marrying a 71 year old plus black California native and you can get some of the black reparation lottery. Um I'm sure what I just said right there is way worse than anything Tucker ever said. Um But if you want to make moves for your future and you want to you want to you know, you want to you want to come up in the society right now is the time to start fucking 71 years old or older native California black males because some money could be coming their way. Uh, It's not there yet. It's not there yet. So let's go through this um, actual article. The state of California is one step closer to paying reparate reparations to black residents whose ancestry goes back to the American slave trade. The California Reparations Task Force, this isn't a joke, this is a real thing, right, Uh, released estimates as well as breakdowns of the methodology used to determine the amounts on Monday ahead of a critical vote that will take place later this week. The possible payments reflect the work of economists who advised the task force and who were asked to estimate the total financial losses suffered by black Californians impacted by slavery and institutional racism. As outlined by the San Francisco Chronicle, an eligible resident who lived in California their whole life, so that's kind of uh, the uh, to qualify, they need to live in California their whole life and was 71 years or older, could in theory receive as much as $1.2 million. If approved, the tax force would urge that the money begin to be dispersed in the form of down payments. Uh, so they're going to cheap out on this and they're going to, uh, pay it in down payments. According to Cal matters, a new estate agency would need to be established. Okay, here we go. Let's get more government in on this. Uh, the new state agency would need to be established to distribute funds and determine eligibility. The agency would also help black Californians trace their lineage to confirm that they are eligible for the payments. Those who qualify could receive various payments to compensate for the injustices over of over policing, over policing of black communities, discrimination in housing, and inequity in healthcare systems. Each of those categories includes a maximum payment based on specific timeframes. For instance, a black California who lived Californian who lived in the state between 1971 and 2020 could receive as much as $2,352 per year due just to this one simple thing of being over-policed because they were a black Californian. Additionally, the task force may also recommend for the state of California to formally apologize for slavery, as well as state laws and actions that members say actively discriminated against black residents, including enforcement of the federal fugitive slave law, Prohibition of interracial marriage, the construction of monuments that glorify the Confederacy, as well as open segregation and discrimination in the arts. This task force will meet Sunday at Mills College in Oakland to vote on the proposals. If able able to come to agreement, a formal proposal would be drafted and eventually sent to the California legislature to be voted upon. So it is getting close. Uh, so I cannot say this enough. Um, if you're, you know, looking for a uh, a person to be your next baby's grandpa or baby's daddy, uh, go out there and find you a 71-year-old plus California native black man because they're going to be a hot commodity uh, for hoes out there that need some of that uh, uh, daddy money. Daddy money. I just report on the news, you know, this whole thing. It is what it is. I mean, a lot of black slaves were owned by black owners, but um, does that play into this? I don't think so. I don't think so. Mm. Bernie Sanders, once again, is standing up for bigger government, uh, and he says that the U.S. should confiscate, confiscate. That means let's take from citizens what they have. He says that the U.S. government should confiscate 100 percent of any money Americans make above nine hundred ninety nine million dollars. Bernie says they can survive just fine. Uh, Bernie, who is no does not shy away from his socialist agenda. I like Bernie on a on on a human level. He seems like he's genuine in his beliefs, but this socialism has got to go. This is not the American way. But Bernie Sanders reportedly said that the U.S. government should confiscate 100% of any money that Americans make above $999 million. Bernie says, you may disagree with me, but fine. I think people can make it on $999 million. I think that they can survive just fine. Sanders told the host of Who's Talking to Chris Wallace on HBO Max, according to a report by The Guardian. But you you know what? Hold on. This isn't going to fly. You know, when you got, you know, uh, who's 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 uh, Mr. Amazon? Mr. Amazon wanting to buy a billion-dollar boat? Uh, that would totally financially wreck him. I mean, you can't wreck these billionaires. You know, they have to have $4 billion yachts. And how can they do that if you're going to confiscate their income over $999 million? And plus inflation is skyrocketing. You know, uh, Bezos, he needs that yacht. You can't just make... You know, Bezos yachtless, Bernie. That's not the American way. Well, Blaze Media is reporting that an Indiana bar that supported Bud Light threatened to kick out customers it accused of bigotry and hatred. Ah, uh, well, you know, they, they they tried to virtue signal sticking up for Bud Light, and then all the regulars stopped showing up, and now they're backpedaling like a motherfucker. It, it, anybody that said that you can't put pressure on these companies with your wallet is absolutely wrong, Uh, Because this bar that is uh, in Bloomington, Indiana, a dive bar who voiced support for Bud Light and threatened to remove customers speaking out against the beer um, over its, of course, uh, recent promotional partnership with Transgender Influencer. Anyways, they backpedaled their stance after losing a bunch of regulars. McKinley, McKinley. Minifield, the owner of Fairfax Bar & Grill, released a statement on Facebook in April informing patrons that they would no longer be welcome inside the establishment if they spewed bigotry and hatred regarding Bud Light's advertising partnership with Dylan Mulvaney. Oh... A transgender influence. Yeah, we know who it is. We don't need. uh, uh, We can't get away from uh, Dylan Mulvaney. And everybody knows who Dylan Mulvaney is. The controversial promotion promotional advertisement fueled calls for boycotts against Bud Light and its parent company, Anheuser-Busch. Yes, we 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 know that Uh, the owner of the bar said we are tired of all the hate. We are very open to debate and discussion. And it's truly a shame that we can't have open conversations about this important political and cultural topic. Minifield wrote on the bar's Facebook page in April. Unfortunately, due to all the bigotry and hatred that has surfaced around the Bud Light controversy, any patron wanting to voice their concerns about the issue will be immediately asked to pay their bill and leave our establishment. If you are intolerant of other humans of any kind, we ask that you keep your opinions to yourself. Should you feel the need to discuss this matter in public, you will be asked to leave. We will not tolerate intolerance here and apparently they won't tolerate free speech either. Um, yeah, this is going the free speech is going the way of the dodo bird, man. Shortly after publishing the post Minifield appeared on the local news to discuss his stance on the contra- on the controversy surrounding Bud Light. He noted that his bartenders were aggravated about some customers very vulgar hate speech. In a subsequent follow-up statement on Facebook, Minifield noted that he had received overwhelmingly positive and supportive feedback, but that some of the bar's regulars had chosen to boycott the establishment. Uh, thank you for all of your supporting, all of you supporting our establishment. With the departure of some of our regulars, we have needed new clientele, and you have answered. I'm not going to lie. We still need more of you right now. On Thursday, Minifield posted another update on social media attacking Fox News readers after the media outlet ran a story on him and his bar. So what's the new update? Well, he says you can imagine the hateful comments and messages pouring in today from transphobic, homophobic and racist Fox News followers. Uh, Later that same day, after landing in hot water with some frequent customers of the bar, Minifield retracted earlier statements and appeared to backpedal on the threat to remove patrons who voiced opposing opinions. The newest post, a lot has been said, some correct and some incorrect, and I want to clarify my stance. The bar owner posted, what I really want to convey is this, just be respectful. Different opinions are welcome here as long as they are delivered respectfully. We would no more want ugly, aggressive, or rude interactions about which sports team someone thinks is better than about social issues. Uh, Minifield added that the bar will not censor opinions but we do require civility in the establishment. So if you can't play nice, then get out of the sandbox. That goes for everyone. Let's remember why we even gather at a bar, to enjoy each other's company and raise a glass to civility. So apparently this uh, bar owner was trying to censor his patrons, and it kind of backfired on him. So now he's saying, okay, uh, we're going to give the freedom back. Just keep it civil. And, uh, oh, this is should we even watch this uh, Mickey Benefield and see what he has to say? You know, this is another thing with businesses getting involved and shit where they shouldn't. Uh, can I click that? It doesn't, well, there's nothing there to play, but that is McKinley Minifield, the owner of the bar that was making all the statements. Wow. All right. All right. All right. More power to you, bud. Uh, if you're in, if you're in Utah, if you're in Utah, uh, you're going to have to go back to the old days of renting VHS tapes for porn because Porn Hub has been blocked for everyone living in the state of Utah due to a new law. Now, this kind of blows me away because Utah is one of the states that actively endorses um, polygamy, uh, you know, multi-spousal relationships and all this other kind of stuff. So, I, you know, there's look how many kids some of these Mormon families have. There's a lot of sex going on up there in Utah, right? And uh, it doesn't need to be with one woman. It could be with multiple women. You can have a whole clan of women up there in Utah. They don't seem to give a shit about that. But, but Pornhub, uh, it's blocked from Utah uh, patrons. Huh. If you're sitting in the US state of Utah and wondering why you can't access Pornhub like you normally do when you're jacking off, When you're away from your seven wives, the adult content website has taken a stand against politicians in the state over a new law. Utah's governor signed SB 287 into legislature in March, and it requires any website that hosts a substantial portion of material that may be harmful to minors to have an age verification system. Pornhub hasn't taken kindly to the rule and has decided to take politicians on, according to Vice. Anyone with an IP address linked to Utah will be greeted by a different homepage. It features a video of adult performer and a member of the Adult Performer Advocacy Committee, Sherry Deville, explaining why they can't access the material they want. She says, as you may know, your elected officials in Utah are requiring us to verify your age before allowing you access to our website. While safety and compliance are at the forefront of our mission, giving your ID card every time you want to visit an adult platform is not the most effective solution for protecting our users and, in fact, will put children and your privacy at risk. Uh, She added, in addition, mandating age verification without proper enforcement gives platforms the opportunity to choose whether or not to comply. As we've seen in other states, this just drives traffic to sites with far fewer safety measures in place. Very few sites are able to compare to the robust trust and safety measures we currently have in place. To protect children and user privacy, any legislation must be enforced against all platforms offering adult content. The safety of our users is one of our biggest concerns. So anyways, Utah, uh, you're going to have to find something else to jerk off to when your wives aren't around. And it's not going to be Pornhub. Okay. All right. This has been something that's been shoved down our throats quite a bit, and it's basically been about the genocide of the trans community And, uh, this new article out of the New York post, May 3rd, 2023 says, don't believe the activist hype. There is no trans genocide. And I'm just going to get to the dick and the balls. I mean, the meat and potatoes of this article and give you the numbers, which I read earlier and they're down here. And basically it's safer to be trans than it is to be, uh, any other thing here. Here's where we get to some of the meat and potatoes, uh, FBI crime statistics for the whole of 2020 across the U S there were a total of 266 hate crimes against transgender people. In total, 44 members of the community were murdered. Okay, it's not a good thing, right? But let's just compare that to the rest of society. As Dennis Keneal notes in the Washington Examiner, this works out to a murder rate for trans people of just 2.66 people per 100,000 transgender people. Okay, so 2.66. Per one hundred thousand transgender people, as opposed to the rest of the population, the murder rate in the general population is almost three times as high at six point five two people per one hundred thousand. So if you want to have a three times greater chance of not being murdered in today's society, it would be to go trans and you are three times safer. A uh, word of advice to you out there, put on some hills and some boobs, and you just made yourself three times safer than the general population. So, the whole argument, the whole, all the statements, all the outlandish nonsense about there being a transgender genocide are absolutely 100% bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Bullshit. Bullshit. Okay. Nobody's going out there and killing trans. Uh, at least not according to this somebody's killing a few trans 44 or whatever but still it's not it's not a movement it's not a movement uh, musk is stepping up once again and he's banning gender fluid Antichrist promoting pedophilia flag from Twitter it's not pla- uh, tolerated on this platform so he's apparently uh, Twitter has banned a su- uh, Twitter banned a self-proclaimed Luc- Luciferian and Antichrist Luciferian, so I mean, he's Lucifer, I guess. After the user posted a flag promoting pedophilia, Musk says it's not tolerated on this platform. Twitter CEO Elon Musk tweeted in response to a user congratulating him for pulling the account, which went by the handle ZB Demon. The user, who described themselves as trans feminine gender fluid demon divine, tweeted an image on April 25th of a youth attracted person's flag. They designed that featured V-shaped color bars. I wanted to stray from the oft-used horizontal bars motif, but only a little. I wanted to retain some familiarity, wrote the user, who also is referred to as Alice Day, which is allegedly a holiday on April 25th that emerged from the dark web and celebrates uh, pedophilia. Oh, some sick fucks out there, some sick fucks out there. And Musk is standing up, banned this person and says, you know, you're not going to make a new, uh, pedophile flag on our platform. Just get the fuck out. Just, just go your own way. Do your own thing. Well, don't do your own thing. Don't touch kids. Get out of here and fuck off. Pretty much. That's what he said. Okay. But as Elon Musk stands up against, uh, transgender flags and stuff and all that other kind of things, there's, 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 a uh, Democrat members of the House in Colorado are standing up for pedophiles. Let's take a listen to this.
1: Someone would say, as we heard about 10, that if a person exposes themselves to a minor online, it's a felony. And that it is, the words were, unjust for it to only be a misdemeanor. The exposure online is a felony because of a policy choice. That's not some written in stone, pre-existing, happened with the Big Bang fact. We chose that. We could have chosen, I wasn't here for the debate, so I can't say should have, but we could have chosen to align the offenses at the misdemeanor level. And we're being asked, members, as part of the justification to do anything other than adopt L008, we're being asked to consider that this offense, if done online, is a felony, but it's only, and I say only gently, because the consequences of misdemeanor sex, offense, charge, and or conviction are, are, are severe. But we're being asked to consider that it's only a misdemeanor for one and a felony for the other. It will happen again and again that I'll try to reframe this argument and fail, but I'll keep trying because it's worth it for victims and survivors and people who are over prosecuted to try. But the calls to pick- All
0: right, there we go. That's enough. I've seen enough. So that's Elizabeth Epps, uh, proactive. Uh, I. How can you? How can you? Anyway, she's proactive, uh, defending adults that expose themselves to minors on the internet and trying to take it from being a felony to being a misdemeanor. So the, the, the voice of the pedophile nation out there, the voice of someone that wants to uh, 100% make it easier on pedophiles is Elizabeth Epps out of Colorado. Fuck her. Fuck whatever car she rode in. Fuck that butterfly tattoo on her tit that I saw in the video. Fuck your little Kim ass tattoo and fuck you for trying to defend these motherfuckers that are showing their dicks and buttholes to minors online. You, Elizabeth Epps, are a raging piece of shit and I wish you nothing but the worst in your life. May you not be reelected, and just fuck off entirely. What a cunt. There you go. I just said way more than Tucker Carlson ever said. come at me, cancel me, take my uh, take my sponsors which I have none because I don't give a shit uh, but fuck this fuck this lady. AOC brought into the attention of the, uh, uh, the 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 gas stoves and houses. Conservatives everywhere yelled out that uh, they're coming for our gas stoves. And everybody said, no, they're not coming for your gas stoves. Well, uh, CNN is reporting New York becomes the first state to ban natural gas stoves and furnaces in most new buildings. So guess what? Guess what, you sleeping conservative party? Um, yeah, New York's on the warpath to get your gas stove. Prominent female athletes have abandoned women and girls sports. The debate over transgenderism and women's rights, particularly regarding women's sports is one of the most important debates of the day, but noticeably missing from it are prominent female athletes willing to defend women's sports. Their silence is deafening as women and girls are being forced to compete against undressed in front of and be exposed to the naked bodies of men and boys. Uh, And women athletes are pretty much just sticking to themselves and not saying a damn thing. And we all knew that. You know, I think I think we've covered enough. This has been Jake on the News, the Radio in the Land. Let me get my camera back up here. Anyways, be safe, be good humans, be good to one another, and I will catch you next time. But that's been Jake on the News. Have a good one. See you later.